the store has moved. All the merch is now at store.ymhstudios.com. I'm ready. Ready to be counted in? I am. Ready in Chamesh. Arba, Shalosh, Shtaim. Yeah! Hey! Yeah! Yeah! Hey! Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at? Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's at podcast! With Christina P. Uh-oh. You got it. It's sweater weather today. Oh, this is the craziest sweater I've ever owned, and I don't give a rip, brah. Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. You know, I, we do this show a week in advance, and all of us are stressed out because it was election night last night, and I am still recovering uh, from the anxiety of everything. Oh, my goodness. And I don't know. We don't know really the results still as we're recording this. So forgive me. if You're going to notice that I don't reference stuff. That's why. But um, thanks to Nadav. I learned about Crossfados Barbados, and I got yeah. crossfaded, homie. Yeah, homie. <laughs> we getting all crossfaded and shit. Bruh. I, so what I did first is I drank my white wine. I had a glass and a half of Sauvignon Blanc. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I decided, well, anxiety, still too high, can't sleep. And then I, I took half a half a, a, an edible, which was my two milligram Tina. And wait, was, half of an edible. Here's what I did. So you took one milligram? <laughs> wait, wait, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold, hold on, no, hold no, on. no. What I do is I get the five milligram edible, and I I nibble half of it, so it's like two and a half. I nibble half, and the edible's so small. It's really tasty. It's grape. You know, Christina, the weed clubs that I go to, <laughs> I was trying to get some low dose edibles for a friend that was visiting for a weekend, and they didn't sell anything that was lower than a hundred milligrams. Is that right? And that was the pussy. That was like the one that was just like, oh, you're getting only 100? I'm like, I want a tenner. Give me some tenors. 100 milligrams would make me insane. It's a weekend ruiner. Like uh, yeah. anything abo- anything in the trippy digis, you do not trippy want. Trippy digis. <laughs> That's Joey Diaz territory, homie. <laughs> yeah, dog. No way. That's a little bit more than Crossfados Barbados. Man, I'm telling you, when I got faded last, it was a year ago that I did pot because I took so much of it by accident sam tripoli gave me <laughs> some liquid thc and i just like filled what? up that dropper bra like liquid. i was like oh uh, tinctures tink tinks tinctures i can't say that right. tinctures i had like rolling panic attacks all mm-hmm. night <laughs> it was not it was gnarly see for the most part christina mm. i just stay away from edibles because when you do edibles you can ingest too much yeah i know but if you, you just take, take it slow if you just take like one rip off a sneak a toke you know you could just <laughs> like you know just ride the wave and feel the vibes ride man. the wave homie <laughs> ride the wave anyways so big news in my world um i finally got those toilet locks we were talking about so much last week huge game changer i only had to call the handyman this week to come fix some light bulbs and um so that was that was really exciting uh, no plumber called. That's it. I, yeah, I got that one. The Which one? one? The, I, that one. Baby toilet one? lock ideal oh, to the right. One. Yep, that's the one I got. Pretty good. How does it work? Do you just need to like lift this part and then you could lift the toilet? No, or? you push a button and then you swing it to the right. Oh. I know. I know. It was... So you were able to figure out how to how to use it? Oh, no, I didn't. I had my husband do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. Hold on. So do you have, do you have Tom just come out to undo the toilet lock? No, no, no. To, 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 a... <laughs> to put it on because I got it and I was like, I can't. I don't. I don't <laughs> oh, like installing. Installing. Oh, that's, that's fine. 
Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I fuck figure this out. This is this math, this algebra. Who can figure this out? So he did that. Um, it's been a quiet week in the toilet. Now the neat part is, is that my older son, who's almost five, you know, he stopped wearing nighttime diapers, and now he's been peeing in the middle of the night, um, in a, his little toilet, and he misses a lot, and he pisses on the carpet in his room. So I've been using that sweet steam cleaner I was telling you guys about a few episodes back. That was pretty fun. Uh, I'd like to open up with the skateboarding video. This young man I found on TikTok. It, the TikTok account is at skate. S-K-A-A-A-A-A-T-E. And then under, is that an, called underscore? The, um, the line? Uh-huh. The underscore. I mean, I saw this talk and this kid just grabbed my heart. He grabbed me by the balls and I was just taken. And go ahead, Natoff, play my, my son here. One more time. I want to hear from the top and I want to hear him loud. The Redland Skate Park, pussy. He's so cute. I mean, what a bad motherfucker, right? Okay, you don't have to play the whole thing. So what I love is his little lisp. You know, he's like, welcome to Redland Skate Park, pussy. And he's so mean and he's got these crazy earrings. I mean, the kid's maybe like 10. I'm scared of this kid. Of course. But let me tell you something, bros. This kid has Gen X vibes all over his ass. And I saw that and I was like, these are the kids that I wanted to be growing up. Because they, you know, they were just boys like this that were so badass that just had it at that age. And I love, I love everything he stands for. I love resilience. I love like, what's up, homie? You want to get in on this? You better not be a fucking pussy. I just... I love it. It's so, it's just, it's life affirming. Uh, do I want my kid to be like that? A little, just a <laughs> I want both my sons to be a little Redland skate park. How are you training them? Well, I'll tell you what's up, homie. Um, okay. Well, little shit, right? Like obviously the big boy hits the, you know, fucks the little boy and I'll be like, don't take that. You know, you, you give it back. And I let Juju give it back. He pushes back. Um, when they put down their food, and they cry to me that there's beans or some shit they don't want to eat on the plate. I go, well, too bad. Just eat around it. Life isn't always going to give you what you want. Stuff like that. Um, I encourage recklessness. I, I love, uh, you know, let them go crazy on the playground. Both my boys have skinned knees most of the time. Um, I do encourage eating floor off food off the floor. I think that's really important. There's a a solid three-second rule in my house. I had even a 10-second rule. Get your life, son. Is it that they're not allowed to pick it up until you count to three? No, no, bro. You never do a three-second rule? Come on now. Oh. No, it's, they can eat out shit off the floor. I'm not weird about that. Um, I encourage wild, reckless behavior. They got to be boys because nothing's more. I'll tell you, this whole toxic masculinity thing now that they're poo-pooing um, you know, quote, male traits like competitiveness or, um, you know, boisterousness or being, you know, m- you know, moving around, wiggling in class. It's the silliness. I mean, is there anything less attractive? Would you Google toxic masculinity for me? I'd like to see what exactly. I mean, I think I know what I'm referring to. I just want to make sure. Defined by adherence to traditional male gender roles <clears throat> that consequently stigmatize and limit the emotions boys and men may comfortably express while elevating other emotions such as anger. Right. So taking away 
um, stoicism. Maybe some guys aren't overly emotional, you know? Um, I think it's attractive. I like male qualities. Sorry. Um, I like 007. I thought Sean Connery was pretty effing hot. Um, <laughs> I'd rather bang him than... Um, let's say with Sex in the City, the Aiden character. Remember Aiden, who was always crying about his feelings? I mean, there's a reason Sarah Jessica Parker dumped Aiden and went for big, because Aiden's kind of a beta. Like, he's not... Yeah, go ahead and Google fucking Aiden, Sex in the City. Everyone, I liked him. Hey, don't get me wrong, nice guy. But at the end of the day, yeah, you don't want to bang thumb ring guy. Well, go down, he also has a lot of wacky jewelry. And this is the, my big fat Greek wedding dude. Yes, and he also has a lot of, you know, stupid string bracelets, and he had a lot of stupid beaded necklaces, and yeah, like, he's such a beta cuck. Oh, there he is. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, yeah fuck like, this guy. right? Like, who wants to, like, he's sweet, and he's he's the feelings guy, but I gotta tell you, when it comes, I, I, hey, maybe it's just me. You write in, you tell me where my mom's at at gmail.com. If you want to bang that guy, or do you want to bang a kid, uh, not a kid, but a guy the kid who grows into welcome to redland skate park pussy that's the guy who the, you know the man you want to bang is welcome to redland skate park pussy not fucking feelings aiden you know so and same with 007 you know sean connery died a couple weeks back and everybody was you know bringing up that uh he's a talk that 007 is toxic masculinity blah 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 and there's going to be a female 007 and i have to say i think that is so unfeminist. I don't want to see a female version of 007. Forget that, man. I want our own character. Why don't they invent something new? Don't just make a female version of a male thing. That's what we've been doing historically, right? There's Supergirl with Superman. There's a, it's always a foil, right? For the, ma the male and the female. So why don't we just create our own hero based on um, traits that women love, you know? Like Beyonce. I think we should model superhero after like Beyonce and Madonna rolled into one I don't know so there's a big debate too with Sean Connery and he you know he did a Playboy interview where he said that he hits women <laughs> and then he did a Barbara Walters interview many years later and that was his opportunity to clear up the interview and instead are we allowed to play this uh, we did some tests and I think we can. Mm, let's play it. Let's see what he says. So Barbara Walters gives him a chance to redeem himself. You did an interview in which you said, it's not the worst thing to slap a woman now and then. As I remember, you said you don't do it with a clenched fist. It's better to do it with an open hand. Mm. Yeah. Remember yep. that? Yep. Yeah. 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 I remember that. I haven't changed my opinion. You haven't? No. Not at all. You think it's good to slap a woman? No, I don't think it's good. You I don't think, think it's bad? It must, I don't think it's that bad i think that it it's depends that entirely bad. on the circumstances and if it merits it yeah but what would merit it well if you have tried everything else <laughs> and women are pretty good at this yeah they, they can't leave it alone leave it uh, alone you they bitch. don't want to have the, the the last word and you give them the last last word but they're not happy with the last word they want to say it again and and get into a really provocative situation then I think it's absolutely right. <laughs> so good thing he had a chance to redeem himself and he didn't, basically. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure my father has the exact same position. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't think my own dad was that far off. Um, did I see my dad beat women? No, absolutely not. Do I think that Sean Connery 
probably felt put on the spot a little bit by Baba, Baba Wawa, Babs here in this interview. Yeah. And I think he probably, part of that may have been a little of like, you know, screw you, Barbara. You know, you made me feel safe and comfortable. And then you, you, you know, threw this into the interview. I don't know. Also, that being said, that fool died at 90. So, you know, he's almost a hundred. He was born a hundred years ago, guys. A hundred years ago. Can we not cancel 007? The guy's old as dirt. And he grew up in a different time, in a different place. Maybe that was the secret to his longevity. Beating women? <laughs> that's where he got his jizmojo from? Yeah, that's uh, I don't the, know. The, the fountain of youth for him, you know? Man. He keeps him young. Now, I don't advocate that kind of masculinity. That That is toxic shit. Don't never hit, don't hit people. And nobody. I mean, that's just terrible. But my goodness, what a character. Anyway, adios, Sean Connery. Um, did you like the double? I like the 007s. Were you into them? Uh, I was never super into it. Like whenever, uh, like, uh, classic movie channel or whatever like did the marathon the turner classic movies yeah. or whatever yeah. yeah 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 like i would uh you know i'd watch that stuff and i'd be like oh okay yeah this is all right but like i can't really sit through a whole one of those yeah we it's, watched the last one tom and i did with that uh Jer what's his name the daniel craig oh my god talk about a face on this guy now that is the essence of the 007 franchise this daniel craig talk about masculine oh my god look at this son of a bitch his that head doesn't belong on that body i mean look at him Whew, talk about stoic i love him so he to me is the the spirit of that franchise most definitely but they is he your favorite bond no i think sean connery i like him i like pierce pierce brosnan mm -hmm. i like the british one yeah, he, he was my all. bond too yeah they're all pretty good but um what was the point oh they spend so much money on these movies we were watching the the last one that daniel craig did um and man they must have spent 20 million dollars in the first five minutes of that that thing look at him in his european briefs i love that shit oh yeah, which one was it? I'm trying to think of the name. $250 million to make No, no time, time to, to die. die. Wow. That's a lot of scratch <laughs> for bang, bang, shoot him up. Yeah, and he bangs bitches. He's good at it. All right. So uh, toilet luck, skateboarding. I do like the recklessness, and I think we should breed it into this generation a little bit more. Right? What would you get? Well, I wonder what would happen to Zolo if he was like, welcome to Redland Skate Park, puthy. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be canceled. <laughs> canceled. Okay. It's nothing wrong with standing up for yourself is what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with a little spice, a little attitude, a little attitude. Um, I found this great um, post on the gram from Scary Mommy. I thought I would share this for everybody listening. This is posted by somebody named the Bridget, the, the Bridget Duke. <laughs> Um, it says, men don't, quote, support their wives who stay at home to raise their children. Women support men's careers by providing unpaid child care, housework, meals, and overall family life management services. Oh, I like that so much. I like the idea of um, overall family life management services. No shit. Unpaid. Unpaid. But still very, very important. I thought that was just a very interesting little uh, thing. Very true. And then also, I'm going to have Leanne Kreischer in. I found the book. I found the book, Sex Tips for Straight Women from a Gay Man by Dan Anderson and Maggie Berman. The um, cover art is as cheesy as you'd want it to be. 
and I'm a little bit through it. I wanted Leanne to read it again and and um, come in and talk about what parts she really was struck by. For me, um, I'm just at the very beginning. Hold on, let me read you some favorite. This is pretty funny. It's got some good tips like be showered and like shave your cooch and stuff, which I think is like just rule number one. Um, right, the guys in the booth? I mean, would I'm you- I'm shocked that that's something that you need to say. It is. You, you gotta say it's everything. It's like now when you wake up, remember to open your mouth so that you could breathe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but some bitches are nasty. I mean, would you would you be with a lady with armpit hair? No, those ladies die alone, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So here's, here's I've just randomly opened this. This is what you can expect from this book. Finger licking good. Some guys may like their toes sucked, but all guys like their fingers sucked. Good finger sucking lets him know that you're a master with your mouth and it sends out a strong signal. Oh, boy. All right. Anyway. Oh. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. What a tip. What a tip. I don't know. I mean, it's different when you're married for a million years and you're like, oh, yeah. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, t- I'm so embarrassed. But um, I'm too prude for all that what stuff. What are you so embarrassed about? I'm not going to do that to Tom. Like, it's different when you're with somebody for a million years and you try to be, like, somebody you're really not. Like, I think if it's in the realm of your repertoire of stuff that you do, it's cool. But uh, for me, like, it would be so weird because if I sucked his fingers, <laughs> it would just taste like chicken wings or, like, <laughs> pizza or cheese. And yeah, then I'd be like, but, but you Christina, wash your fucking hands? You're not sucking his fingers for your enjoyment. Ugh. Stop it. Stop talking like this. <laughs> but I know where his fingers have been and they've all, they're always on his nuts or in his armpits and stuff. Then- he scratches his pits like this. <laughs> and then the flakes come off. And then, so his fingers always smell like dirty armpit. But then just like keep an Ooh. eye out, right? Just be like, uh, uh, like make him clean a dish or something so you know he's okay. getting soap in the okay. area. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Spoken from somebody who doesn't live with another human. <laughs> no, but then, you know, you just throw it in there. He's like, what? what? Uh, okay. No, thanks. I just, I'm telling you. The book you, says it, Christina. This isn't the, my idea. The book says it. <laughs> But as a married lady, I mean, married women out there, you know what I'm talking about. There's a threshold of shit you're willing to do. And then there's stuff that if you did it, your partner would be like, um, are you cheating on me? Like, what the fuck? Who are you? Where did you get this from? But he knows you bought the book, right? No, actually, no. I haven't showed this to him. Um, maybe I'll have him take a look. Because he would be like, yes, on I, all of it, you know? I, I think he's probably going to enjoy most of what that book says. And I think you should just start surprising him with stuff. Here's the thing, Nadav, is that when you've agreed... <laughs> to a lifetime with somebody uh-huh. you have to parcel out the excitement okay we have an anniversary coming up uh-huh. tomorrow we're gonna go to a hotel i gotta like parcel this stuff out over the course of a lifetime if i blow my load yeah. doing this like i'll tell you something look, okay i'm gonna tell you use something the prologue on them look you don't need to the do prologue. chapters one through 12 <laughs> all right you don't need to do the whole book how many, tomorrow hold on how many pages this is last for the rest of our marriage 161 okay Here's the deal, is that Bert comes in. Bert comes in and he'll complain about Leanne's hand jobs and stuff. He came in here on Monday and he's like, oh, Leanne, give me a hand job, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you're complaining about your your handy? So she may have given away too much at the top. We'll see. Wait, hold on. So he complained we'll about see. one hand job and you're like, you see, she should have never sucked his dick. Is that no, what I'm you're- saying <laughs> she might be giving away too much of the candy store. You got to parcel it out. 
She gave away all her best tricks. She read this book, and then now he's the bar is too high. You know what I'm saying? You can't do everything all the time. You gotta listen. I'm the woman. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Okay. Shh, shh. Okay. <laughs> Just wait until you're married. You'll see. Um, that being said, I want to um, I wanted to read this email because as a master of the home, what did she call it? The life management. As the master of the home, the overall family life management service. I'm the manager of the family. Um, this woman wrote in, and I'm going to read a bit of it to you. She says, I especially love, she loved the episode with Katie Morton. Your advice on how to milk your bear has been quite a life changer. I agree. This is a system I'm going to implement now, ladies. I'm going <laughs> to teach a tutorial, a whole class, I feel. Um, I have taken it on board and noticed a huge difference in my boyfriend's moods. It's actually made me realize that men are a lot like babies. If a baby is crying, it's usually one of three things. It's hungry, needs changing, or needs soothing. If your partner is moody, he either needs food, needs sleep, or needs a milking. My partner's moods are now so much easier to manage with this new realization. So thank you, Christina. And I'm sure my boyfriend would like to thank you as well. Yes, I agree. See, this is also another unspoken thing uh, that the woman does is regulate the spouse. And I believe he in turn regulates the woman, right? It's an unspoken dance the two of you do. One, you know, one person takes this and the other person takes this stuff, right? Tom might do garbage. I do, you know, the inside of the house, whatever it is. The two of you balance each other out. And it is a responsibility of the wife. Uh, to maintain her toddler. Uh, so with saying that, with that, I've come up with a five-point plan that I'd like to share with you. <laughs> because I love you and I want you to have a good marriage too. This is just what I've learned in being with the same guy for 16 years. And I'm telling you, it is so simple. Men are so easy to maintain and manage and keep happy. And I know the saying is happy wife, happy life. I'm not so sure. I think it's the woman keeps <laughs> him happy and then in turn he wants to make you a hundred times happier. When he's happy, then he goes out into the world and he wants to bring back the bounty and the rewards and, and show you what a proud hunter he is. I know that sounds antiquated. I don't give a shit. All right? Because I'll tell you something. Men and women have existed for hundreds of years. How many years have men and women existed? Chris Larson, go ahead. You know that answer. Um, humans have existed six million? six million years thank you chris and <laughs> there are some time-tested things that go on between heterosexual cisgendered uh couple i don't know about gay people so don't ask me this shit here's what i know here's my five point plan for keeping uh, uh the gears smooth of marriage okay number five this is taken this is uh, apropos our gay male discussion keeping clean keeping clean now what do i mean by that I'll tell you what else I mean. Not just wash the, your, your kibbles and bits and look presentable. And I know it's hard in a pandemic. Everybody's at home and we look like shit. Don't. Don't look like shit. Nobody wants to look at a piece of shit when they're married. Same goes with Tommy. He takes care of himself. I take care of myself. It's an unspoken uh, uh, thing. I made him a promise when we got married. I said, boo-boo, I promise you I'm never going to get fat and I'm never going to cut my hair super short. You know what I'm talking about? The Kate Goslin, the John and Kate. That's right, the dick repellent haircut. I'm not doing anything that will repel 
Oh, she had grew her hair out now. Ooh, that's it. But that's the original haircut, the dick repellent. And you know, she got that when she had little kids with, with John because she was miserable. She hated him. She didn't want him inside her vag. And now look at her. Now look at her. She's throwing it out there. She looks great. She's got that haircut because she wants to get laid. So that's what I think a deliberate thing a woman does when she's shutting it down. And see, look how angry she was with the short hair. <laughs> Doesn't like that. Don't do that. So that's how we let them know we're interested is we try to maintain a sense of femininity. Does that sound old school to you? Tough shit. It is. Okay. Guys like uh, girls who look like girls. So fucking look nice. Even if you're around the house, buy nice sweatpants. That's what I do in this quarantine. I, I try to make myself look as decent as possible. Just maintain. Um, number four, I think too, being nice. Just fucking be nice. I see couples, you ever, oh my gosh, you ever go, um, you ever be with a couple, like I, I had this one friend, these couple who, the, the husband's driving and then he makes a wrong turn and then she chastises him like, you're not supposed to make a left here, you know, and you're like, oh my God, what just happened? And vice versa, they'll, they'll nitpick, like, is there anything more uncomfortable than a couple that fights in front of you, right? And th have you seen this, Nadav, where... Yeah. It's, right, you see the the sound in your voice is like, yeah. It's wild that they don't register that this is inappropriate, you know? Yeah. It's your, they're like, I need a witness so that someone can see how stupid my significant other is. It's That's like, what it is. I don't need, I don't need to see this. I don't want to see this. That's what it is. It's like when that, when a person shames the partner in front of another couple, that just like, because I think my mother did that to my stepfather and I would just feel his his insides shriveling you know you feel like somebody oh it's so horrible so just be nice being nice is so um it just goes a longer way even when they're in a shitty mood just be nice just be nice because you know most of the time it's not about you you know they're bringing stuff home from the office or from whatever and it just it's so much easier when you're kind okay number three everybody talks about communication communication right dr phil communication communication yeah okay yeah you should talk to them but in a marriage i think it's also what you don't say i think it's shutting the fuck up a lot of the time <laughs> that's gonna save your marriage and do i mean the big issues no do i mean like um you know he's overspending don't say anything no or is he gambling don't say anything no is he a womanizer don't say anything no i'm talking about like little stuff the stuff that you know will just fire each other up and vice versa right same goes for the male to the female like if you just know um that they're slobs like but tom and i are both slobs so i just don't say a fucking thing i never say it i just let it happen i just let it go i see boxers on the floor that's just how it is. That's just how it goes. Don't say it. Just don't say it. It's not worth the fight, man. It's not worth the fucking fight. Number two, very important for male maintenance. This is These last two are probably the biggest on my five-point plan. And um, I really can't. Oh, and keeping yourself clean, part of that too is not, you know, try not to get too fat. We all do, but, you know, maintain. Um, number two and number one are the most important parts to male maintenance. And gentlemen, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, number two is food. Food can solve so many marital problems. Um, if you just put a plate of food down in front of a man, you'll tend to ease any kind of upset <laughs> that's inside of his, of his heart. The point is, I've always seen in good marriages that 
You just put a plate of food down in front of somebody and it makes them so happy, right? It's just love. I know with Tom, I just put down a plate of something and everything is instantly better. Yeah. Feed the son of a bitch. Food solves a lot of problems. Josh, you are a good eater. I've noticed that. I love to eat. (laughs) Yeah. Like, wouldn't that just make you super happy? Of course. Dude, I mean, especially when food is made for you and you don't have to do it yourself. It's the best thing. It tastes so much better when somebody else makes it. It really does. I guarantee this, women. You make food for your husband. He's going to, the payback is infinite. And then number one, obviously, sex. You got to fuck. You got to fuck. You got to fuck. Even if you don't feel like it, even if you're tired, you just have to fuck. Now, do you have to go all crazy and read the gay man sex tips? I don't think so. But you got to fuck, bro. It's so important. Men see that as like supreme validation. Right, Zolo? When your lady touches your dong, are you like, oh, yeah, she loves me? Yep. No, you're not Zolo. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Nadav, don't you, is that like a acceptance to a man? Uh, dick touches? Yeah. Absolutely. Right, because it means like we like you. And it's funny because I don't think women see vagina touches the same way. Like we see, I, at least most of us. Wait, I, are you saying non-sexual dick touches? No, like okay. sexual dick touches. Right. I've read that guys see that as like acceptance and women are just like, uh <laughs> I see Tom like doing stuff like fixing my car or picking up my prescription as like, validation and love Mm -hmm. and then he sees dick touches as like love and validation well yeah because i mean when someone touches your dick and it's not your suggestion it's like oh they want to do this that's exciting right yeah it's exciting it's uh you know everyone wants to be wanted and that's if anything that's the sign of being wanted i agree that is the sign of being wanted very good so give your man dick touches he feels like he's wanted and he's gonna that they do so much more for you um yeah, really. It just makes all the diff. Okay, so this is continuing on this letter from Lucy Ray. Okay, so she's been living with the same guy. She wants my advice. I'm turning 30 in a couple of months, and I'm ready to settle down, getting married and having children. I always thought I would have had kids by now or at least be engaged slash married and knowing that my life was heading in that direction. When we first got together five years ago, my boyfriend and I would talk about marriage and kids a lot, but these days we don't at all. On a few occasions, and I have tried to bring it up so that we can talk about it, it gets brushed off or not even acknowledged. I love my partner very much and I'm really excited to share my life with him, but I don't know how to move us along to the next stage of life. Excuse me. We already live together and I've done for the last four years now. And it's starting to hurt to see all my friends and family getting engaged, married, and having babies when there's no sign of it happening for us. I'm always worried about leaving it too late to have children, not just because of complications, uh, but she wants children. Anyways, the question is, what do I do? How can I get us moving into our next chapter? Okay, Lucy Ray. (sighs) Nadav, what do you think's going on? You tell me your impression first as a dude. Hmm. So five years ago, they lived together. And they used to talk about marriage and stuff, and now it's stalled. What's going on? Um, <laughs> I feel like if I was the dude, yeah, like as soon as you get the marriage talk and you're not really into it, you're like, oh, okay, all <laughs> right, looks like I got to make a decision soon. And then once those like discussions stop, at least if I was in that position, like my first thought would be like, oh, sick, she totally forgot about that. <laughs> and then you're just like, cool, I'm in the clear till she brings it up again. So it sounds like he's what? What do you think? Where is his mind at? Well, it sounds like that's not a priority. 
marriage is not the priority. Right. Do you think he's not into her anymore or just not into marriage? Um, I mean, one thing for sure is that he's comfortable, you know? Mm. I don't know if that's a bad thing. Ooh, see, I wanted a man to say it so that I didn't have to. <laughs> so thank you for saying it because I wanted a man to say it so that I didn't sound like a big fat liar face to say it. Comfortable. That is the word you said. Comf- comfortable. Uh, when you live with the guys, and again, this is going to sound like outdated 1950s. All right, so what? And I can say it because I made the same mistake before I, before I married Tom. I lived with a guy for four years or something, and this is what happens. At least it happened to me too. Is when you, you know, live with a guy and you cook and you clean and you do the wifely duties. Well, now it's like, well, he doesn't have to wife you up because you're already doing the stuff that he wants you to do. You already are the maid and the cook and the everything. And so it's just harder to motivate the gentleman once he already has the cards and he's got all the cards. Now, does that do I sound like relationships are um, navigating power and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Grow the fuck up. OK, <laughs> sorry. Um, there's a, always a shift of a power thing between a man and a woman, between everything, right? There's there's just an exchange. I don't want to say like, a do, it's not in a dominant sense, but it is an exchange. And that is this is what I encourage women to do with being nice and cleaning up and like be sweet and put out and feet. Because that's lovely to be around, isn't it? And And then in return, you will likely get good behavior back and it's a give and an exchange so when you give 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 and you're (laughs) there's no contract there which is what marriage is essentially it's you standing up and taking legal action and saying this is my woman i'm going to stay in this i'm in this to win this we're going to make children we're going to do this together and until until that happens it you're just you just have a roommate who does everything sorry and i know i'm gonna get a lot of heat and i know a lot of women don't like to hear that shit but um so you're in it i, I always just say just i discourage women from living with a dude until they at least have a ring or like a a timeline on the marriage right because it's like once you're in it and you're comfortable it's so hard to get out i think is what i'm saying it's even more heartbreaking so how do you motivate this motherfucker i'll tell you what's up <laughs> and another thing a lot of women don't admit, and the brilliant Ali Wong did this in one of her specials, is when girls show off the ring, it's really that she's manipulated behind the scenes and, you know, cajoled and gotten him to do her bidding and then is like, oh my God, can you believe he proposed? That's the whole thing. So you're going to have to do what women for centuries have been doing, Lucy. Not all hope is gone. Uh, you have to make what you want known. That's another thing with communication with dudes. Did I not point that out in uh, my part three? Be so explicit, explicit, really, really spell out what you want and, and how you like it and everything. You're going to have to spell shit out for this dude. I agree with that a lot. Now, it's Men delicate how it's done, right? Nobody mm-hmm. likes an ultimatum. Right. You can't phrase it in an ultimatum, but if if you phrase it like, you know, a couple years ago we were talking about getting married and I'm just wondering, like, when, are, when is that discussion going to come back up again? Like, it, it can't be phrased like a, hey, either marry me in this fucking Target. No, right, like that TikTok. <laughs> right, or this is over. Yeah. It's like almost no one's going to respond well to that. Uh, yeah, you don't, you're not going to say it like that. Right. So I'm trying to think, 
I think when I had phrased it like to Tom, because when he and I got together, I did not want to get married. I was like, I'm not, I'm not that girl. So, you know, sorry. And I think he was just hoping I would turn it around. You know, <laughs> he would turn me around and he did. So we had dinner one night and I think I was just like, hey, you know, um, I'm going to be 30 soon. And I know when we got together, I initially didn't want to get married, but I've changed. And um, I really want to, ha- I think, get married and have children. And if that's something you're not into, cool. But I, you know, this is just what I want. So if we're going to move forward, this is what I what is what I need to move forward. And you know, is that something you're cool with? Take your time and think about it if you need to. And and he was like, yeah, that's what I want too. And <laughs> it was like, and then it's the waiting game for the proposal. You just wait for them to propose. So if you could phrase it in a way, Lucy, where you're not blaming or putting the ultimatum out there, but more like, hey, this is something I really, really, really want to do. And I think I, I need to do. So, you know, TikTok, bitch. Like, what's that? I gotta say it like that. Uh, but put it out there. You're going to have to take a risk. You're going to have to lay it out really clearly because otherwise he's just going to go on indefinitely getting what he needs and wants. And what incentive does he have? Because he already has everything a married man has without having to make the commitment. It's just harder to motivate them once you live with them. And that's just truth. No one's going to tell you that shit but your mommy. And I'm your mommy. I tell you that. Um, Okay. So what are we going to do right now? Nadav, should we do Michelin? Okay. Where's my papers? I love these segments so much. Okay. Today's Driving with Kids segment is brought to you by our sponsor, Michelin, and the new Michelin Cross Climate 2. Learn more at michelinman.com. Oh, my God. Driving in cars with children. So my cousin, Shadi, just came to visit us this last weekend for a Halloween party. And (laughs) she pulls up, and I see her face, and she's just like, oh, God. Uh, Her daughter had barfed in the car on the way because she was facing the back you know they have those rear facing car seats and uh it smelled really gross and i felt so bad for her because i guess coming in there's like a windy road and her little daughter three-year-old barfed everywhere so that was cool i did not offer to help clean up the barf (laughs) not my problem not my kid right i was like you deal with that shit uh this one says car trauma hey there chomos this was probably the ultimate mom fail for my mother However, this was nearly 30 years ago when car seats and child locks were not nearly as regulated. I don't know all the details as I was only about one, but I've always heard the story about my mom looking into the rearview mirror and seeing me rolling down the street. What? In my car seat. Apparently, I had unbuckled the seatbelt and opened the door myself for a bit of fresh air and asphalt. I've always found the visual of me rolling on the pavement hilarious for some reason. No harm done, and thank God it was 1992, or my mother probably would have gone to jail for this isolated incident. Oh my God, keep it coming, don't be stingy. Ash, that's wild. So he just opened the door and then unbuckled his own. That's so fucking terrifying. Whew. Well, I'm glad you're still alive, bro. You did it. Welcome to welcome to Redlands Skate Park. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. Resilience, fools. You can't teach that. You gotta just let it roll. You gotta let it happen. About 20 years ago, my family and I were driving back to Pennsylvania from South Carolina when my dad started complaining about a rotten smell. He was making my stepmom turn around and look for the source of the stench, and to my dismay, <laughs> it was my feet. My dad then dramatically pulls over on I-95, opens my door 
tears the shoes off my feet, ties them together, and throws them into the tree-lined highway shoulder. My stinky preteen feet and I were absolutely mortified. <laughs> On that same drive, while passing through a small town in Virginia, he saw a man slumped over his steering wheel. In an instant, my dad whips it over a curb and down a hill towards the lot where the man was unconscious. He performed CPR and we called an ambulance. We later found out the man had a heart attack and my dad saved his life. I like to think that my stinky feet mishap put us in the right place at the right time. Oh, that's so sweet. Keep it high and tight, Taylor. I thought you were going to say that a man found your shoes, smelled them, and then got a heart attack and then your dad saved it. So that's not what happened. Oh, this one's interesting. I grew up in Germany and my parents had friends in England slash Wales who we visited occasionally because alcohol, coffee, and cigarettes were super expensive over there. My parents always used to bring a lot of them as presents with them. Uh, very true. Um, all of it obviously without the intention of paying taxes. They had it all hidden in the nooks and crannies and secret compartments of their station wagon, which looking back at, I'm sure all customs officers knew about, of course. We were all super nervous. I probably was around the age of 10. So they told me to pretend to be asleep on the back seat when approaching the border control and the hope the officers then would just wave us through. And it worked. And that's how I became a child smuggler. <laughs> Keep it high and tight. And cheers from Auckland, New Zealand. Very cool. That's so fun. That's amazing. You became a child smuggler. Very good. My mother... Um, used to have me steal silverware from restaurants. <laughs> you know, if it was like a good butter knife, she'd be like, yeah, put this in your purse, put this in your bag. Or that was really bad, yeah. So you just have completely mismatched silverware? Yeah, yep, yep. We would steal uh, lots of shit. <laughs> yeah, that was fine. <laughs> Did you ever steal anything from your parents? Your parents uh, were pretty unethical. For my parents? Yeah, like they make you do it. No. No, <laughs> they never made Oops. me do any of that kind of stuff. A child smuggler. <laughs> that shit is expensive in the UK. When I lived in England in 97, a pack of cigarettes was like four pounds, which is what, seven or eight dollars? It was so ridiculous. And I was so poor. I just, I paid it because I had to smoke. Okay. Thank you so much, Michelin, for sponsoring this segment. Please keep submitting these uh, where my mom's at at gmail.com. I want your horror stories. Send me a voicemail, 213-375-5184. Leave a voicemail, rather. Don't send it. And um, I want your driving horror stories. Okay. I had to smoke. Isn't that wild? How much are cigarettes down a dog? Um, I think they're around 9 or 10. Damn. Depending on where you go. That's awesome. <laughs> is it? <laughs> How much is a carton now? I don't know. I bought a carton one time because I was like, oh, I'll save money. And they're like, cool, 75 bucks. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And up being, you end up saving God. not that much. No, no. And then you just feel like you have like a bulk amount of cigarettes and you end up going through it a lot faster than you normally would. It's all, yeah. it's all just bad. It is pretty gnarly. I When I used to smoke, I remember you'd, you get cheap ones like the GPCs. Do they still have GPC, generic pack G of cigarettes? What? GPC generic pack what of cigarettes. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it's generic so generic pack of cigarettes. Yeah, Google GPC. That was so gnarly, and you go to like Ralph's or whatever and get generic pack of cigarettes, not the genuine parts company on the Nasdaq. Generic pack of cigarettes, GPCs. Ooh, oh, these were so gross. 
Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck yeah. is this? Generic pack of cigarettes. You would get these, and they were just so gross. They burned your throat. This is like shit. Oh, my God. I That's know. Great. Yeah, dude. Um, when I went to Israel a couple years ago, I remember going to one of like the, the outdoor marketplaces, and it's all completely unregulated, and they would sell cigarettes that are like – where the fuck were these made? Like it was, <laughs> yeah. like there were. I bought a pack of cigarettes yeah. called Obamas. Oh, that's cool. But they all just looked like recycled tobacco. Like it feels <laughs> like gypsies just went through ashtrays <laughs> yeah, and gypsies. took all the extra tobacco and then yeah. just re-rolled them into fresh stuff. I'm scared uh, to smoke any of them. They're just like foreign cigarettes are just they're scary. So scary, especially <laughs> so Eastern Bloc. Same in Hungary. I remember I started smoking when I was 13. So I'd go to. I went to Hungary when I was 14. Right after. The um, communism ended and like their cigarettes were so rough and I was hiding it from my parents and I would like I would buy a pack back then they had vending machines and I remember I would just like sneak out somewhere into some old bunker there was like an old bunker I remember by the bullet tongue where we were staying and I would like <sighs> smoke them. and they're so harsh and so gross oof moors did you ever smoke moors you ever get that desperate that you steal a moor from like your grandma um, not moors, but when I hung out with hippies, I would, uh, I would roll my own with the, the buglers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those are good. But that was good. Rolling your own is kind of good. Yeah. But I the, like that. But the first couple that you roll like on your own, you forget that it's like, oh yeah, there's loose tobacco in here that could shoot <laughs> to the back of your throat and then make you throw up instantly. <laughs> I, so I threw much. up so many times after <laughs> hand rolling cigarettes. I'm scared to do it now. <laughs> hand, hand roll is for a dedicated smokers no yeah and i love roll like I, I roll joints and stuff and that's i don't have that problem with that but uh for some reason just hand rolled cigarettes just there's always a loose strand that fucking yeah. gets right to your oh gag i reforms. know i remember that and, and menthols i would do menthols i liked uh newports those mm. are good menthols are for the mornings yeah yeah it's like toothpaste <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you smoke menthols now um no but like whenever they're out of my brand i'll just get camel crushes and i'll be like "Ooh, i have the option for menthol if what's I want. camel crushes they have uh they have like a thing that you crush in the the filter so that what? it turns into menthol if you wanted to shut the front door let me see that that's so cool wait that's not cool he's <laughs> smoking smoking's bad now i quit when i was 30 you guys i i did it with hypnotherapy i highly recommend it so you can like Put that in the filter and then it makes it a menthol. Dude. Yeah, like there's like a little thing, like a, if you will, a flavor crystal. Wow. Uh, and you crush it to release all the fumes. I don't know if it actually makes it menthol, but it tastes minty fresh. You are <laughs> such a disaster. You're still smoking? Oh my yeah, God. Doc. Yeah, I was supposed to quit two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, when did you start? Uh, let's see. I started being cool around <laughs> 16. This when you started smoking? Yeah, and then it was like on and off kind of. Like I quit a couple times and then I came back to it. Yeah. Um, so wait, you're 16 and you ha you're what, 30? Right now I'm 32, so I've been so shit. I've been smoking <laughs> half my life, homie. You better <laughs> stop now, dude. Damn, I need to stop getting so crossfaded. Don't get crossfaded, <laughs> homie, because I feel like with smoking, if you quit around your, th you have to quit now. Right, exactly. Like you did the damage. 30 was my cutoff. And then yeah. I was just like, what difference is 31? And then I did the same thing for 32, and it didn't oh, no. feel as not stupid to say it. No, you got to stop. If you guys are in the L.A. area, I have a great hypnotherapist. Her name is Rita Black. I'm going to give her a plug. Rita Black. She is on, oh. I think, Wilshire down here. 
She will treat you for smoking and she'll treat you for your entire life if you relapse. It's yeah. really cool. I, tr- I, I, tr- I tried doing that Hypnotherapy? Mm-hmm. You did for, Rita? To quit smoking. No, not Rita. Go to Rita. Some dumb idiot in the canyons. Why would just... you do that? Go to Rita. I'll pay, because... for, I'll pay for it. I'm going to pay for it. <sighs> Can't afford not to do that. I'm going to pay for it. Okay, but you have yeah, to I'll want to do it. That's how the only no, reason I, that works. I do want to do it. You, do, you ready to quit? Yeah, because the thing is, I feel like I'm not physically addicted. It's just like the like I pair smoking with activities. A hundred. I was the same way. It's emotional for me. It was like yeah, the it's best after activity. a meal while driving. Yeah. Like those are pretty much the two big things. Yeah. That, that I that I pair cigarettes. Anxiety like before oh, shows, <laughs> after <Shut> shows. <laughs> yeah, cigarette, coffee. Chain smoking is really the only thing that fixes certain yeah. kinds of anxiety. Oh yeah. But drinking and smoke. That's actually the hardest thing is drinking. And then not Same. wanting to smoke. Same. That was my biggest problem with alcohol. Alcohol and cigarettes go so beautifully so together. Good. I know. Let me tell you, if it if it didn't kill you, I I would smoke today. I love it. I think it smells great. I like the taste. Mm-hmm. I, I like how it looks. It look <laughs> smoking looks really cool. Sorry, it fucking does. <laughs> you look cool. You smell cool. It's bad for you. But smoking is fucking cool. It really is. Like James Dean smoked because it was fucking cool, bro. You know what I'm saying? Rockers smoked. Tommy Lee still smokes because it's fucking cool. <laughs> God damn. But I w- it kills you. That's the problem. You can't fuck with your lungs, bro. Don't mess with your lungs. Yeah, it's kind of a downer. It's such a downer, eh? Ugh. Okay. Now, we're going to call my friend Stephanie who lives in Schaumburg, Illinois, the middle of the country. Isn't that Illinois? Is that the middle of the country? It's the Midwest. Sounds right. <laughs> My geography is so bad. I bought a map of the U.S. to learn. <laughs> I've only, I only know the states I've been to. I, I have been to Schaumburg. Okay, I'm so excited. With me now is my friend Stephanie from Schaumburg, Illinois. How are you, Miss Stephanie? I'm good. How are you? So great to see you. So great to see you. I consider you, um, I remember I I was performing in Schaumburg, and this is right before I was pregnant, and I was griping to you about how I wasn't pregnant yet, and you're like, don't worry about it. Soon enough, it'll happen. And now, look, we're here and I almost have, I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old boy, two boys, and you're a varsity mom. You I have am. teenagers. I am. I can't believe this. 16 and 19. Oh, my God. Yeah. One's, well, one's gone. He's, you know, done with sports. He's in college. Oh, my God. And the yeah. other one's playing three sports and, you know, Ugh. as active as can be. And like, so I want you to tell me what it's like having teenagers because I'm in this lovely sweet spot with my two-year-old and my almost five-year-old. They want to be with me all the time. They love me. They, you know, we hang out, we snuggle. Will I get snuggles from my teenage boys? You'll get snuggles when they need snuggles. Even Even though they will never admit that they need it, but they will. And those are the times you're going to be like, oh my God, like I actually... I got a hug or they want he wanted to hang out with me for a couple minutes you know otherwise they're like it's like you think it gets easier but it's almost it's almost harder like it's easier with the you know watching them and planning and you know they're off doing their own thing but then it's harder because they're breaking away becoming their own person that's horrible mm-hmm. and how much do you hate that they're their own people oh well it, it <laughs> It's so weird because it's the whole thing. Nobody ever tells you how emotional you get watching them grow up and they become these adults and their own persons. And 
like you could be sitting at a sporting event watching them and crying going why am i crying like they're playing in a basketball game you know but it's because you're so proud and you're they're doing their own thing and you know like like they're gonna be gone soon like mine are gonna be like out the door in a couple years i know it's so crazy because when i first met you your kids were kids and now hearing you say that they're going away for college. And I, mean, I remember when I think your son turned like 13 and you guys had a video game truck or something like uh -huh. that come to your house. <laughs> and I was like, what? You can do that? That's crazy. And so let me ask you some mom to mom questions. So I will yes. get snuggles, but they won't really like I'd have to force it on them. It sounds like. How do you deal with the gross boy stuff that happens around 12, if you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, well, <laughs> I could tell you some good stories. Yeah, please do. Let's hear them. How do we deal with that? What do we do? You know, my biggest thing with my kids is like the whole communication thing. Like, I'm not a helicopter parent. I have to say my parenting skills are, are pretty laid back, but I, I feel like there's an open line of com communication with both my kids, with my son and my daughter. But with that open line of communication, it's like so appreciated, appreciated. But however, like, I feel like sometimes they tell me more than I really want to hear. <laughs> oh, God. You know? <laughs> like, you know, like my son one time came to me, mom, I think we need to go to the doctor. I think I broke it. I was like, <laughs> you did what? You know, I was like, okay, well, we'll make a doctor's appointment. You know, so we go to the doctor, it gets checked out and the doctor calls me and he goes, just want to tell you mom he's just gotta take a break um, <laughs> i was like okay but then under the same token we walk out of the doctor's office and he stops in the middle of the waiting room and i go what are you doing he goes well i'm looking on my phone to see when 10 days is oh <laughs> so okay. he's like he's Thanks really let me know <laughs> yeah but that's which is kind of cool because he's really there's no shame and i i don't right. know about right. you but Growing up in my, our era or whatever, like you did not tell your parents you no. were waiting for 10 days. You know what I'm we saying? We did not talk about any of that, any of that. No. So that's interesting. And then I wanted to ask you about, um, sexting and like access to iPhones. And, you know, uh -huh. I heard that even if a girl sends your son, you know, tit pics or vag pics that your boy is held accountable or can get in trouble. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it, it, it's social media is such a different world and it's scary because it could, I mean, it could ruin their future anywhere yeah. from whatever they're doing. I mean, from anything of, you know, sexting to drinking, you know, um, that gets out and it gets in the wrong person's hands, you know, whatever they're involved in, in school or whatever it is, like they're done for. You done. Know, there's, there's zero tolerance today with all of that. So like, that's one thing I tell my kids. I'm like, you, you, you need to stay off the social media. You need to stop posting. Like, you know, if you're at a party and things are going bad, you need to get out of there because you don't know who's got a camera, who's posting oh. what. It's scary. It's scary. So do you, like, at what age did you give your kids um, phones? I think they got, my son got his, I think in junior high, but it was like a basic, like, flip phone, I'm working, this is an emergency thing, like, um, uh, you know, if you need to get a hold of me. So it wasn't, it wasn't a full blown, like smartphone. Yeah. Um, and then my daughter, you know, came around a couple of years later and was like, well, I'm just going to buy my own phone because I wouldn't <laughs> give her one because she always saved her, her money and she wound up buying a phone. So, I mean, 
they've had them forever. I mean, the biggest thing is it's like, those are their lifelines. Like you're glad yeah. to say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm having issues. We're having issues. I'm taking your phone. I mean, there were times where I took their phones away and you thought I murdered them. <laughs> take my phone. Well, like, yeah, I'm taking your phone. But I then know. you get the phone and you're like, do I really want to look at this phone? Like, what is on this phone? You know? <laughs> so gross. I know. Well, I was thinking that because I feel that way too. Like, have you ever lost your phone? Like, or, or you thought you lost your phone? It's the worst 30 seconds of panic you can experience. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh my God, thank God. And the feeling of relief when you find this computer that you carry around with you that has your life in it, you oh know? All my phone numbers, everything, everything. So I understand. Um, okay, so I can give my kids a phone, but like maybe yeah, a just, limit. Yeah, you know, and, and I was telling like, I can turn this phone off or I can, you know, I can turn it off whenever I want. Like you guys, mm. being a, a shithead, I'm going to turn your phone off. Yeah, you know. that's a good threat, and I like that. I I, pre I admire your threats because that's exactly what you have to do. Now, with right. the girl, with your little girl, like I in my neighborhood, I see um, tween girls, and they are uh, dressed like whores. Like, <laughs> wow, where you're just like, uh, did anybody okay that outfit? Like, <laughs> is anybody at home, or what's happening? You know, I know. Um, and it's it's messed up because little girls like you can't always tell how old they are to you know what i mean like because they're all dressed up they got the yeah. shorts on and the yeah like a 15 year old girl can look like a 20 year old girl right so right. how do you gosh how do you navigate those waters with a teenage girl these days well i just think you know i would not allow my daughter to leave the house looking like a hoochie that's for yeah. sure but there was a time and you know but i i call my kids out on everything like they're gonna hear from me because i'm gonna find out and I remember actually my daughter's here with me and um, her best friend. They've been best friends since grade school. And I dropped them off at the train station a couple of years ago. They were going down to uh, La La Palooza in the city. And when I dropped them off, they had like sweats on, you know, they're both athletes. They had like their sweatshirts and their, you know, their basketball pants and their backpacks. And they were meeting my son and some of his friends down there. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And like an hour or two hours later, I don't even know how I got it. Cause I know they didn't send it to me. I see the outfits they're wearing at the concert. I was like, what happened to you two? Uh -huh. You know, little shorts, little top, you know? I mean, obviously something, you know, we probably would have done back in our day, like, see you later. I'm yeah. going out, you know? Yeah. Classic. That's the classic yeah. switcheroony. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, you're busted. Yeah. So you, know? you, you bust them. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. So it sounds to me like you're pretty involved and you stay on top of stuff and that's, like, isn't I think that kind that's of the this... most important thing yeah. to do? Like the, the open line of communication, like my kids will, they, they tell me, I find out or they'll tell me like, Hey, you know, this is what's going on. And I'm like, thank God. And they're not perfect. Like they get in trouble. They do stupid <laughs> shit. They make mistakes, but that's, that's expected. I mean, we did it too. And I'm not saying it's okay, you know, cause the, the world today is so completely different than the world we grew up in. And like you said, we never communicated with our parents. Like I never talked to my parents about sex. I was afraid to, I'm, I'm going to be 48. I'm still afraid to talk to my mom about sex for God's sake, you know, like know. we don't talk about that. That's taboo. You know? I know, is there anything grosser than talking to your parents about sex? Like, right, ugh, right. I would, I would rather have died. Like I, when I started to be sexually active with my boyfriend, I got myself to planned parenthood. And I just like, I found my one friend that could drive and I was like, I'm getting on the pill and nobody's gonna know. It's all, it's all right. you know, hush, hush, secret secrets. 
So, but right. that's that's so nice that this generation doesn't have as much shame as we did. And um, I hope, and I hope it's all the way around. Like I think I hope that you know everybody is like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a different. You know, I have a different parenting skill. I don't know. Um, yeah. But they're they're very open ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah. And if they aren't initially, I always find out about it. Like, <laughs> if they're not honest, this. they're gonna be honest because mom's gonna find out. Yeah. And they're always like, <laughs> How do you know? And I'm like, I have eyes and ears everywhere. Yeah. Go so tell yeah. me some mom spy tips. What are your eyes and ears everywhere? Are you saying that you have people in the village who spy on them or I do. I have a few, yes. Yeah. And again, like it's social media. Like you just like Yeah. Like you guys realize like it, it comes back like so are you spying I, I, on your kids on social media what's that Is, are you spying on your kids on social media like are you looking at their I'm accounts not. i mean here's the oh. deal yeah. a lot of their friends are i'm friends with and they forget about that okay, okay. they totally forget about that crap like their I friends want to be my friend on social on snapchat or whatever it is you know this is juicy so what you're telling me steph you see, and here's the thing, Stephanie, is that on this show, I try to tell my little li listeners here, all these little girls, uh -huh. that women are the center of the home. The woman yes. is the center of fucking everything, okay? We, we regulate the husbands. We regulate the children. We're in, we're in it. So you're telling me, you're telling me that you make friends with their friends, and then essentially their friends rat them out to you on Snapchat. Not that they rat them out, but like if they're posting something and I see it, like, oh, hey, like yeah. just this past weekend, my son was at the University of Iowa visiting friends or, you mm -hmm. know, somebody else may, you know, my daughter may see something like, look what Ryan's doing. And they were at a bar and some girl had her shirt up and Ryan's face was right there. <laughs> and I see the picture. So what I do, I get on my phone, I go, you tell Robbie to take that picture off of Snapchat right now. I love this. So what you're saying too is encourage the siblings to rat each other out. Yes, that too. <laughs> now see, this is all the unspoken truths. These are the unspoken yes. truths of motherhood. This yes. is brilliant advice, Stephanie. And so <laughs> you're on the social media, you're encouraging friends and siblings to rat out the other ones. This is great. This is great. Now, are you actually on TikTok? Because I... I'm a huge fan. Are you on so, the talk? I just got on and the girls just posted my first video yesterday. Oh, I'm going like, to have to find you. Get on here. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it is it is not for us, but it's for us. I know. To... I know. And then they're reporting to me. You got 167 views. I was like, what? <laughs> You're like, who cares? I'm Gen yeah. X. Yeah, yeah, I don't care about views. <laughs> that and that's another thing, too, is the currency of views, likes, uh -huh. comments. That is something we did not grow up with. So I, from what I hear, it's pretty, I can't even imagine being a young person and that's your whole thing is like, oh my God, I got so many likes. I got and, so and, many here, shares. And right? that's right. And there, the, but the hard part about that though, is that the views and the, you know, the, the popularity things, I think that drives kids today being depressed too like there's yeah. a total like dark side to all of this mm -hmm. um you know they don't have the views they don't have the likes like um and with social media say when we were when we grew up we went out say we went out with one friend and we didn't hear from our other friends we didn't know where they were we didn't know who they're <laughs> with 
Well, today they see it on social media and then they're like hurt because they didn't get invited to this party or they couldn't go there. That's hard shit. That's hard for a parent to process because you've got a child sitting here crying, go, why didn't they call me? Why didn't they invite me? And it's all over social media. I know. know? And I I would die. Like if I were a teenage girl, I would die knowing that everyone else was having fun and I was not invited. Like I even get FOMO when I'm online and I'm like, the comedy store was open last night? Who was at the comedy store? Why wasn't I invited? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm I'm a grown up and I'm like feeling that way. So yeah, that's got to be tough. So how do you deal with that? What do you tell your kids? I guess guess there's only been a couple incidents that I've dealt with it, but it's more like, okay, well, they didn't invite you, so call somebody else to go out with. Like, go make other plans. Go do something else. You have have plenty of friends. Go do something else. I love this. You see, that's resilience, roll with the punches, go Mm -hmm. into the next thing. Welcome to Redland Skate Park, pussy. It's that energy. There's a TikTok of the skater kid who I play, and that's he's like a 10-year-old uh-huh. boy, and he's like, welcome to Redland Skate Park, pussy. And that's such like, that's the vibe, right? That's what uh-huh. life, life, you're going to have to roll with it, and, and you're not always right. going to be accepted. You're right. not always going to get That's life, kid. I tell my kids all the time. Yeah. So you just have to raise them to be resilient and to fu- mm-hmm. keep going and do your own fucking thing, man. Who cares? These kids are losers anyway, so aren't inviting you, you right? Know? If they ever yeah. say that's not fair and I'm like you know what life is not fair it's, yeah good luck you know, figure it out <laughs> figure it out I don't know what to tell you seriously I love it figure it out I don't know what to tell you life ain't fair and that's a Schomburg mom right there all right well thank you so much for joining Stephanie and um enjoy the I know you're, you're on a little vacay enjoy the rest of your time go get some strippers if you can yeah 48 tomorrow Woo! oh congratulations <laughs> what are you gonna do what are you gonna do I am just gonna sit at the beach and maybe have a couple cocktails and then because she's in Florida some friends right out for dinner tomorrow night oh it sounds fantastic yeah. Go put on your bathing suit and go have fun. Do some blow with your daughter and be a good mom. <laughs> All right. I love you so much. Love Mwah. you. Thank you for joining. Happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. All I'll right. Tell him I said hi. I will for sure. I hope to see you soon. Oh, my gosh. Hopefully in 2021. I know. I know. I'll do Schaumburg, hopefully. Yeah, come so. on out. I will, girl. We'll have you. We'll you have to go that. eat. What's our restaurant? What's that place we go to in the mall? Which one are we talking going to? About? It's got like the fireplace in the middle. Stonewood. Stonewood. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. I love Sean. <laughs> All right. I'm there, bro. I'll see you in 2021, right. Stephanie. All right. Take care of my right. love. Love you. love you. Bye, sweetie. Bye. Bye. <laughs> there you have it. Midwestern mom ideals. That's what I'm talking about, man. This is what I'm talking about. Old school. I like the new school. I like I like what's being done in the world too. It's important to be sympathetic and da-da-da. But at the same time, old school values are always good so there you go that's exciting now let's do some follow-ups meow 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 that was fun wasn't it nadav no she was great yeah she's a really nice lady no yeah it was quite a quite a revelation to hear her uh talk about her 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 son's discovering masturbation (laughs) yeah because i remember when i discovered it and well all I know is that I remember I was really stoked that Survivor was a family show that we would all watch together. Yeah. Because I would know as soon as it starts, I could just quickly go upstairs, do my thing, and come back <laughs> down like before the theme music. 
And do you think your family knew? Absolutely. They're right? like, <laughs> yeah, I remember I've definitely gotten some questions like, hey, why do you bring the laptop in with you when you shower? And I'm oh, like, oh, I just like reading news. Oh, I like catching up on the news and stuff. Now, that's really exciting that you had access to pornography in your prime masturbation years because we did not. This is not this is new. Dude, I, I mean, like I see those things where where, where where dudes like like, hey, man, I left the magazine in the woods for you. Yeah. And shit. And it's just like, oh, doing it to pictures. Like, I don't, I don't even <laughs> know what that's like. <laughs> and yeah. doing it even even worse, doing it to. Your imagination? Yeah, even worse. I know. But didn't that... So how old were you when you first saw pornography? Um, I, was, I feel like I was a late bloomer. I think like freshman year was when I started doing that stuff. Freshman year. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. A little late. That's, but that's like... That's so wild that your introduction to sex is like real yeah. full on. Real hardcore porn. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Because um, at least like, you know, you... At least in my day, there was more of an introduction. It was like you saw a Playboy magazine laying around in your dad's bathroom. And then you're like, whoa, what's that? And then maybe right. it's like the Victoria's Secret catalog. And then, like, you know, you saw a dick here and there. You didn't see the whole thing at once. So that's, right. I don't know what that does to somebody's sex. Do you feel like it's. Well, you know what? Actually, I think I, it was a gradual build. Cause I mean, like the internet was just starting up when I was. Oh, that's right. Discovering yeah. myself. So, you know, there was the whole like uh, there was the whole downloading phase. <laughs> so it's like oh, God. you would just download stuff and you'd be like, I hope this isn't a virus and that <laughs> I have to bring my parents or my older brother oh, my into God. this to fix it. Um, but yeah, I remember like you would just download a whole bunch of shit <laughs> and then you'd come back three days later and you're like, all right, let's see what opens. <laughs> Um, viruses do you remember but, how horrible that all was but i remember skinamax was a big factor for uh-huh because you know yep. my parents they got all the movie channels yep and uh uh it's actually really cool you know <laughs> it's the softcore stuff is a good intro softcore pornography i agree that's um and if you're really desperate you would watch the scrambled one and like hope to see something every now and then did you ever do that that's as good as pictures for me that's like <laughs> Because it's like you see one line of clarity, the rest is stat. So you got to imagine the rest. It's just it doesn't. It's a broken system. It is a broken <laughs> system. Yeah, that's so funny. I was watching some some movie on Netflix about this girl that goes on the uh, a religious retreat, and it's she's dis- it's in the nineties, and she's discovering her sexuality too. And um, what was I gonna say? What was she watching that made me laugh? She was doing AOL chat rooms. Oh, yeah. I never did that stuff. Holy shit. I completely forgot about those. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) much cybering, Christine. (laughs) Ew. Like, I never did that. No, yeah. It was like, and it was weird because I, like, I don't think I really jerked up because it's like, (laughs) if I can't jerk off to pictures, how am I going to jerk off to words, you know? Right. And also, like, you know that's a dude on the other end, right? Well, well, I never. That was a dude. uh, I was just young, dumb, and. You know? Full of you know what. <laughs> Full of white. Ugh. Um, but yeah, I remember the whole like, oh, age, sex, location, where are you from? You know, yeah, I never. I saw that. I learned that on that movie. And you'd spell California all stupid like. What did you spell it like? California, yay. You oh know that God. type of shit. Okay, that is really dumb. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, no. Okay, let's do some very important follow ups in the world of where my mom's at. Ranch number one. 
My name's Austin, and I've been a chef my whole life. In every restaurant I've worked at, we've used Hidden Valley Ranch Packet to make our ranch. The recipe is essentially, are you ready for this? Let's do it. Here it is. We've been wonder no more. (laughs) 50% mayonnaise, or mayonnaise, as my parents would say. Yeah, gross. How do you feel so far, right? (laughs) The same Uh, way when I found out what goes into a sausage and how that's made. This is like, (laughs) I don't want to know how much mayo's in ranch. (laughs) Dude, I didn't, I had no idea that there was mayonnaise inside of ranch. This is disgusting. This is changing everything. It really is. I feel like this might ruin ranch for me. Oh my God. Okay. So it's 50% mayonnaise, Mm -hmm. 50% buttermilk. Okay. That's fine. Buttermilk's like a fancy ingredient. <laughs> I like. I don't even know like what really buttermilk is. I I know what it tastes like. I just don't know what buttermilk. I know it is. smells and tastes bad on its own, <laughs> but when you mix it into stuff, it makes it better. You know. Yeah, and I know that Batman in an episode of Batman <laughs> drank buttermilk to coat his stomach so that he could take poison, and it didn't affect what <laughs> stomach lining. I remember this in an episode of Batman, like the the '60s show. <laughs> I always think of that whenever I'm going to take poison. I have to coat my stomach with buttermilk. Okay. No sour cream. The only instance where sour cream would be used is if you're making a ranch dip for vegetable platters. Ranch on. Beat me, Austin. Wow. Thank you for this uh, important revelation. Uh, Mayonnaise is a disgusting substance, and it is shameful uh, to eat mayonnaise. I agree. Well, yeah, now I think so. It's disgusting. It's European, though. The Europeans do it. They love. All that Euro trash. They love mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is in everything. A lot of feedback on my coffee station. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who missed out last week, I've added a microwave to my bathroom coffee station. So now I make the coffee, I put in the creamer, and then I I put in the microwave to reheat once it's cooled off. Uh, Here's some advice. Uh... Okay, I can't believe no one has told you this yet, but there is such a thing as a milk steamer. Fuck. That you can heat up your milk or cream before you add it to your coffee. It will even froth it for you if you feel like being fancy. No more guessing games with the evil microwave. I hope this helps your fellow Canadian, Olivia. Oh, shit, man. I mean, God bless America. Look at all this stuff. A milk frother. Now I'm going to have to build an extra shelf to keep my milk frother there. Listen, here's another coffee morning tip. My goodness. I would suggest you take your coffee mug, put your desired half and half in, warm the half and half in the microwave for 15 to 20 seconds, and that will get the chill off of it, okay? And then you put the mug in your coffee maker, and the hot coffee will mix the half and half for you as it dispenses into the mug, and everything will be nice and warm and ready for you to drink. Interesting, interesting. Uh, I really like this idea too. I never considered that because that is what is cooling down my coffee in the morning is the cold half and half. Uh, Nadav, you say that you have a voicemail follow-up. Is this apropos our coffee discussion? Um, I'm not, not 100% sure. sure. Go ahead. Let's play it. Hey, Mommy. So um, I was just listening to your latest podcast about, like, your kids going wild at the pumpkin patch, and someone had told you, like, that's just boys being boys. Honestly, girls are literally no better. Um, I'm in nanny, and the four-year-old thinks it's hilarious to force fart to the point that I'm afraid she's going to shit her pants. <laughs> um, so I don't really think – boys, I think, are rougher. Yeah. But, like, my nephew's brutal. Like, he'll body slam you, and he'll put you in a chokehold. Yeah. But girls are equally as crazy and, like, chaotic. 
the only thing I think is like the biggest difference is girls hurt you with words mm. at like day one. Like, yeah. if I straighten my hair, the two-year-old will be like, wow, you just look beautiful today. What What are you doing differently? And I'm like, you're two. <laughs> Liz manipulation cannot start now. Um, so, yeah, your boys may be rough and tough, but girls are equally as disgusting, equally as crazy, play the toilet, talk about farts, but their manipulation of your emotions is terrible. I'd rather take a chokehold or throwing stuff at each other any day. Keep them high and tight. Thank you. Great point. Thank you for pointing that out. You know, I just don't have experience with uh, girls as much, so thank you. I was not aware. Uh, There's a great line from Louis C.K. He said, boys do evil, girls are evil, which is just such a great distinction. I have seen this manipulation you speak of on the playground where little girls are playing with their daddies and yes, they manipulate like a oh, daddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's so, they're all just evil. Boys will manipulate too. But which brings me to an interesting thought because um, if girls are as rough and tumble growing up, then really we beat that fun out of these girls. Society tells you that you shouldn't be flirty. You shouldn't be rambunctious. You shouldn't be loud, right? Isn't this proof that the, the societal double standard uh, beats all the fun out of us and makes us and uh, makes us proper ladies. So that that is really um, interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, yeah. So if there's any like two year old girls watching the show right now, what type of message would you have for them? Stay wild, homie. Stay free. Stay free. Keep farting. Keep farting. It is. It is very true. Yeah. I just. Um, I had to unlearn a lot. You know what really kept me real was. Um, all girls Catholic school when I went to Catholic school because girls when they're together without boys there I mean it is wild like chicks are gnarly when they're just together like we would burp and fart and we talked like dudes and it was fun it was super fun and I think that really contributed to keeping me keeping it real yeah yeah boys too I think dudes would like that no are you kidding me yeah you know guys love this stuff yeah the guys love it when a girl is like, you mean cool. just like us? Yeah. Let's get faded, homie. Faded, bro. So, uh, oh, there's a, okay. This one is, um, <laughs> this is hilarious. So, last week I was super hungover after the drive in show because I drank three cans of rose at the Rose Bowl. This person, Brit- Brittany, writes in, Hey, mommies, I'm listening to this week's episode, and mommy Kristen is talking about being hungover, hungover after drinking three cans of rose at the Rose Bowl. Now known as the Rose Bowl. Oh, shit, girl. Good one, Brittany. She's hung over because three cans is equivalent to a bottle and a half of wine. No. Oh, no. That makes so much sense, dude. Oh, shit. That's how much I drank. Each can is half a bottle? No, no, bro. Three cans. Right. Is, is a equivalent bottle. to a bottle and a half. So each can is a half a bottle of wine. <laughs> Hold on. Show with your hands how big are these cans. <laughs> it's like this. It's a thicky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's narrow like this and then like that. So like, dude, this is how many ounces? This is 16 ounces. Yeah. So that was too glad. Yeah. Oh, no wonder I was like, I'm fucking ripped, man. I was sitting in. Like Bird's bus, just like, I can't even, yeah, that makes sense. 
Oh, no. I don't want to talk about BJ's right now. I want to do a mom hack, and then I got to go home, mommy. Let's see. Oh, uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, go. Mom hacks. Um, My mom hack recently was the, the toilet thing. That was huge. Okay. I'm a top shelf mom hack. Have you heard of an owlet? It's a sanity slinging game changer. It's a little strap you put on a baby's foot. Oh, yes, when they sleep and it, it alerts you if the baby stops breathing, has low oxygen levels, or has issues with their heart. I have heard of this. Oh, that, oh, that brought it up from PJ Masks. That's a different one. <laughs> O-W-L-E-T. Yeah, that one up there. Um, no more checking on a sleeping baby 79 times an hour to make sure they're still alive. No more holding a baby monitor an inch from your face to see if their little chest is still moving. Uh, you can actually sleep instead of spazzing out. Plus, it keeps record of their sleep patterns and shit. Bruh, get your life. Awesome, awesome. The Owlet, very good. I never tried that one, but I have friends that did that. Also, there's um, there's a great product you can get on Amazon that when, when your kid is sick, you put a sticker. It's like a patch. You stick it on. No, no, no. Sorry. It's a, it's a little monitor and you stick it onto their back so they can't rip it off when they're babies. And there's an app and it checks their fever throughout the night as well. I don't know the name of it. I'll, I'll, uh, oh, the Nanit baby monitor. I did that. That one's pretty good too. I heard the Nanit. 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 Um, the thing about baby monitors and the cameras is that uh, your kids can get real clever like mine did and they will rip them down. They'll pull the cord. They will unplug them. So that Nanit one looks really cool because it's like it's way up high. It can angle straight down so you can see in blah, blah, blah. But thank goodness I'm at the stage now where I don't have a, a baby monitor as much. Okay. Um, do we have a voicemail mom hack? No, no, no. Just emails. I have a mom hack that I recently found out my own mom would use on us kids out of the house my sisters and I used to love to cook together we lived in a super health conscious house and there were never any sweets the only time we were allowed sugar was when we or our mom would bake things on weekends my sisters and I would work out what we wanted to bake in a cookbook check the cupboards for the ingredients we already had write a shopping list and ride our bikes up to the shops to get the rest of the things we needed we would come back to the house, unpack the shopping bags, and get the things we needed from the cupboard, only to find that every single time some vital ingredient we thought we already had was missing. We would blame whichever sister was supposed to check the cupboard and trudge back up the shop to get the missing item. I found out in my early 20s that my mom would hide one vital ingredient we needed, so we would have to go back up to the shops and give her an extra hour, half an hour of peace. We knew it was the only sweet thing we would have in the house over the weekend, and she knew we would always go back to get it. I thought this would make you laugh. Maybe when to get when do you use to get your kids older? That's so good from Sydney, Australia. That's so funny. I do like that one. Like your mom would hide the sugar and then make you go back to the store. Very smart, sneaky mom. Very good, Sydney, Australia. Good day, mate. All right, mommy. I think that's it. I gotta go. I gotta get my um. What's I'm gonna? I want to see that TikTok. Let's go out on that TikTok up there that we haven't watched yet. You know what I'm talking about, Ada? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pee on you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a little kid threatening mom. I'm going to pee on you. They do say nasty shit to you, don't they? I'm going to pee on you. I'm going to fart on your head. Oh, you know what I think is important in cultivating a little badass? 
I teach my older son how to insult properly. For instance, Ooh. yeah. What are the, well, yeah. what's uh, the foundation? So he came up to me today and he goes, you're a morob. And I go, first of all, the word is moron. And that's M-O-R-O-N, moron. And then I go, if you're going to use the word, you do it correctly. You say, Trump is a moron. And I did that today during the election. Trump is a moron. I'm like, there you go. You can say that at school. No one will get mad at you in California. Um, I teach him to insult his dad. So uh, he, you know, will practice like, uh, you, you smell like diarrhea. That's a good one. And I'll be like, go tell him he smells like diarrhea. And then he'll walk over and go, yeah, you smell like diarrhea. <laughs> Start laughing. Um, I believe in insults. I believe in getting them quick now you know so that when they get to junior high when kids start flipping shit they're ready for them so like my sons are going to be quick on the draw because tom and i are always insulting each other and you know it's part of the culture of the house i think it's very important to have a comeback uh i don't believe in you know everybody's being nice all the time it's not gonna fucking happen you remember your mama did you ever say do your mama stuff your mom's so fat um yeah your mom yeah we would uh yeah we would insult each other quite a bit yeah. um and yeah and insulting each other's family is the first thing it's number one dude. yeah because it's like yeah sure if i'm gonna insult you you know you could get over that but <laughs> if i come after your mom or your dad that's a little tougher yeah very important to teach your kids how to insult another child properly <laughs> with your mom or you smell or you're a piece of shit right yeah I'll tell you, the one good thing my parents did do was toughen me up like that. Like, if I came home and I was like, someone was, is messing with me, and they're like, why don't you fucking go fight them? Go tell them. Kiss your ass. I'm like, all right, cool, man. <laughs> anyway, all right, I love you guys. I got to go. Um, we'll see what happens with this election. This will be in the future when this airs, so it'll already have happened. Um, all right, I love you. I'm thinking about you. And until next time, stay cool, mom. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at. Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at Where my mom's at podcast With Christina P.